Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com and my favorite daily fantasy site, Draft.com, where if you go right now and use the promo code BOXES when you sign up for Draft.com, you will get a free entry to your first draft, courtesy of Watching the Boxes. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, I thought for sure Milokin Rakonovic was joining you today. Oh, I, I had to put in a call. I had to break the bad news to Milikan. Uh I just I don't think he is going to be coming over and playing for the Bulls. And I, you know, I feel I feel real I feel real broke up about it. But uh, he's going to the Blazers. Best and name he, traded at the trade deadline. Yes or no? I feel like it was. I think it was the the a name that's no no one's ever heard of. Like legitimately, like even the deep deep NBA people were like, "Wait, what? Who?" And if you don't I, know what we're talking about, everybody, the Bulls traded Milikan Rakovic to the Blazers so they could drop Noah Vonley's cash and onto the Bulls. Also, Noah Vonley, ninth pick overall. Basically, you get a free trial run of Noah Vonley for the Bulls. And Milikan Rakovic is like in his 30s. Like this, this was a completely worthless asset. Dude, this guy looks like he might come to the NBA and whoop someone's ass though. Just look at this badass. He's motivated, man. He's motivated now after the Bulls dropped him. Look at this for, guy. For nothing. This six foot ten, two hundred and eighty seven pound man, I think he may beat the snot out of somebody if he ever comes to the NBA. They make him big over there. Um that's for sure. And if everyone joining us, if you don't already know, which I assume you know because today was basically what we hoped for. Uh in our last podcast we said, Yeah, we're kinda of bored. There hasn't been anything interesting at the trade deadline. Who knows if the trade deadline is gonna be interesting. It certainly was. And Tyler, I'm going to give you credit. It was interesting in the way you said it would be. It was not the big giant name moves, but a lot of crazy weird moves that no one saw coming. And I feel like that was as good as it could have been, right? Like we didn't think we were going to see a ton of big names, but we saw some interesting moves and some ones I thought to myself, oh, there's no way in hell that's happening. Yeah, I'm. I was impressed with the amount of activity today, and quite you know, unprecedentedly, the Cleveland Cavaliers basically moved their entire team to multiple other teams. Uh, and let's, I mean, let's get right into it because this is the biggest moves, the probably the most effective moves, uh, and we're probably going to break this trade down. And this might be, I mean, this might be the whole hour. Oh my gosh! So the Cavaliers traded Isaiah Thomas. See you later. Man, they did they did IT real dirty. See you later, IT. Channing Fry and their 2008 first-round pick, Cleveland's first-round pick, that is, to in the Lakers. Who did they pick in 2008? 2018 first-round pick. Oh. oh, okay. I thought maybe they traded away some guy they picked in 2008. No, that was uh, that was Milikan Rakovic. We, oh, we, right. we already got part, past that part, I believe. Um. No, the the late to the Lakers. So all these guys went to the Lakers for Jordan Clarkston and Larry Nance Jr. Then they turned around 
and sent Jay Crowder and Derek Rose to the Jazz, Iman Shumpert to the Kings, and I believe one of their second round picks. Yeah, 2020. A 2020 second round pick to the Kings. All those guys went for Rodney Hood and George Hill. The Cavaliers just got a new starting five. They picked up George Hill, Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkston, and Larry Nance Jr. all today. All within like a matter of 35 minutes. And we talked about this a lot when we've we've talked about the Cavs recently is they needed someone who was going to play some defense. That they, They couldn't keep playing all these shootouts and relying on LeBron to score 40 points and then win by two. Yeah. I don't know how many more times and believe me, I've seen probably every single one of these, but how many more times LeBron is going to make a fadeaway jumper over Jimmy Butler to win a game. Uh, I, I think I had some PTSD moments during that win over the Timberwolves for the Cavs because it looked exactly like, uh, most of the Jimmy Butler era in Chicago, just LeBron hitting game winners right over Jimmy. So I think that George Hill's probably their starting point guard now. Yeah, like let's let's get into what's going to happen with this this Cavs rotation. I, I'm with you right there. George Hill should be picked up in every single league. He should not – you should be dr- probably dropping someone um, – anyone for George Hill if you if he's available on your on your waiver wire no matter no matter how real how shallow your league is I guess unless you're playing with four people which I I don't even know if I'd count that as a league well and we've seen this is usually this is the role George Hill has been most successful in right playing kind of that secondary ball handler to Paul George playing that secondary ball handler now to LeBron James this has been where George Hill has really excelled in his career and so I think that George Hill's going to be real good down the stretch here. Um, Rodney Hood has got to be their starting shooting guard, right? Yeah. I mean, they he's got to be better than no defense JR just chucking the threes. I, I think they could probably go either way. They could probably keep JR in there just because, you know, I think JR thrives with LeBron and they have a good uh, relationship on the court, but, and then Rodney Hood might come with the second team, but either way, I think, you know, Rodney Hood's going to be playing 28, 29 minutes. And I mean, yes, they traded away some of those wing players. I mean, they, they, they dumped the Wayne Wade and Derek Rose and a lot of these guys. No, I completely uh, forgot to uh, mention that Dwayne Wade just randomly went off to Miami to uh, retire. But the wing rotation is not always going to be set, I think, for Cleveland, right? That we might see nights where Rodney Hood plays the 25 minutes and the nights, some nights Jordan Clarkson plays only 25 minutes and some nights it's JR and some nights, you know, Kyle Korver sneaks in there and gets 30 minutes for God knows why and, and whatever, whatever. Um, the thing I'll say about Rodney Hood is he's mostly just the points and threes guy. He doesn't really do much else for you. So. Yeah. And yeah, he can do now. Granted, he can do that in bulk. He can do that well enough to to be relevant in a standard league. I'm with you, but he doesn't like. He's not like George Hill, where I, I think I'd pick up George Hill on pretty much any team. Yeah, if I'm a team punting points or punting threes, do, do I really want Rodney Hood? <laughs> like, kind of no. not at all. You know what I mean? Um, so that's that's kind of a situational ad. I think he'll be good though. I think he'll. 
do pretty much what he was doing in Utah. Uh, you got to worry about him staying healthy, though. He's, he's always another one who always seems to be a little bit banged up. Yeah, he does have a uh, health issues. Uh, I'm a little bit more interested in Jordan Clarkston than I am Ronnie Hood. Like you said, Ronnie Hood's kind of just he scores, he hits threes. Jordan Clarkson does both of those things, but he also is able to get some assists, some rebounds, some steals. Um, I'm a, I'm a little bit more interested in how Jordan Clarkson fits in on this team. Is he coming off the bench? Is he leading the second team? Is he playing more minutes with that first team? uh in that rodney hood role really like what is this rotation going to be between clarkson hood and george hill and that's very interesting and um a few years back i I would always tell people this now jordan clarkson can't play a lick of defense but when it was d'angelo russell as a rookie and jordan clarkson in his second year i always thought that jordan clarkson looked like the better player for the lakers which was crazy to think about um, I think Jordan Clarkson's got a, a pretty nifty offensive game and he kind of fits in with a lot of the guys the Cavs have been playing and just he's a baller man on offense and not much on the other end. Yeah, and Jordan Clarkson had that nice year in L.A. He was looking like he's up and coming. He's still pretty young, not a great contract, uh, but still 25, has room for improvement. Everybody pretty much improves when they play next to LeBron. But I, I, I'm i going with um, a different guy who I'm most interested in. So obviously George Hill should be picked up in all leagues. Uh, I don't think there's any argument about that one. But I think the real jump in value from this trade on the Cleveland side is Larry Nance Jr. Everybody who's been paying attention to the Lakers know that the, the rotation has been a mess. Some people play not at all, and then 10 minutes, then 22 minutes the next night, 19 minutes, then 30 minutes the next night. But there, there's one thing that we do know, you know, Brooke Lopez, who knows what's wrong with him or what, what's going on with him. Larry Nance Jr., in limited minutes, was still borderline standard league relevant. I don't think he's going to be playing limited minutes in Cleveland. Well, and I'll say this, Larry Nance Jr. is a phenomenal steals asset. The man has gotten, he's played basically between 22 and 23 minutes the last two seasons. And he's gotten 1.3 steals per game last year and 1.4 this year. Yeah, he's he's a threat to be a a steals and a, a blocks guy. So and, he, he's been getting about a half a block a game too. In 30 minutes, though, if we're predicting that he gets 30 minutes, that's pretty damn close to two steals a game. That could be absolutely huge. Yeah. Along along with someone who can pull in rebounds. Yeah, I mean, it's almost seven rebounds a game in 22 minutes. Um, Obviously, they've put out up to 30. That's looking like, you know, somewhere in the nine, eight to 10 range, which is another pretty sexy number. Um. He's another guy, though, that you kind of got to know what you're buying. He's not going to be a good foul shooter, and the more minutes could mean the more attempts, and obviously more attempts hurt your percentage that much more. Um, He's going to be good from the field, though. He's going to rebound. He's going to give you some steals. He's going to be okay, just okay in blocks. I would be surprised if he gets you more than a block a game. To be honest, even if he's playing, you know, if, he, if he's point eight, if he's around point eight, point nine, that's that's perfectly fine. If he's approaching two steals a game, eight rebounds a game, you know, um, he's not going to get you any threes. So you know, just that's a huge negative in in today's game. 
no threes, but it's a very unique skill set. The high field goal, high rebounds, high steal guy is is a strange fit, but it, it can fit a lot of a different builds. I'll say this too. Of his field goal attempts, 60% of them come within zero to three feet of the basket. So he's a guy, he's a, he's a garbage man in, in a lot of ways. He's not going to be taking too many shots out there. He's going to be collecting rebounds and dunking the ball home. And so he, that's what Cleveland wants. I mean, that's exactly what they're going to do. And who's going to find uh, Larry Nance Jr. cutting to the basket? LeBron James. Like, I think he fits in real well. He could play the four with Kevin Love out. There's plenty of, of playing time to go around. And I'm gonna, I think you're going to see Larry Nance have a stint at the five as well. He might be center eligible here within, you know, the next before the All Star break. Yeah, and I mean those are always basically mostly based on the site because I mean you can say anyone kind of plays any position, and I mean with the way the switching happens and stuff now, um, so that'll be interesting to follow. But yeah, no, uh, I, I was a big fan of Larry Nance's game for the Lakers, and I think he's going to be real good for Cleveland. Uh, he's finally going to give them someone who's mostly defense and rebounding in the ball. If you're in a standard league, you don't you don't know what this team needs, but they're they they they're asking you should I pick up Larry Nance Jr. or Rodney Hood? Who would you have him pick up? Oh, Larry Nance Jr. I think he's an underappreciated fantasy asset in a lot of ways. And you tell me that I'm going to get close to the block and somewhere in the neighborhood of one and a half to two steals a game, I'll have that over sixteen points and three three-pointers and not much else. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, you can find three-pointers on the waiver wire. 16 points is a little bit harder to find. Um, but, you know, Jordan Clarkson is going to be doing very similar things, so there's your two guys. Um, I like the percentages, obviously, uh, that you can get from Rodney Hood with his free throw percentage anyway. But, yeah. Larry Nance is just, he, he could do multiple things. You just don't really know if he's going to truly thrive in this uh, in, environment. And I, I think he will. I think he will. You got to like his chance to get a lot of minutes. And we talk about that all the time, that that's probably the most important stat in fantasy is just being out there on the court. Oh, 100%. So let's talk about the other ends of these massive amounts of trades that the uh, Cavaliers pulled off today. And let's start with the most hilarious one. Uh, Wade going to right back to Miami, um, basically being funded by the Bulls, about $30 million some dollars from the Bulls to take a sabbatical in Chicago and hang out in Cleveland with his buddies. And now he's, he's back in Miami. Good for him. Yeah, and – you got to think the Heat are going to play him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I think they're definitely going to play him, which is really weird because, like, no one on the Heat team has really come alive this year, fantasy wise. You know, we've seen little things from Josh Richardson and Tyler Johnson, but, but no one's been outstanding. And in limited minutes, Dwayne Wade has not played terrible, he just hasn't played a lot. Yeah, and I mean, in 30 minutes a night, when Dwayne Wade is out on the court, he's fantasy relevant. And if 
the Heat are really going to give him 30 minutes a night, which they just might do. He's probably fantasy relevant again. Yeah, I th- I think they are going to give him 30 minutes a night. And I, I'm i not sure they're going to give him 30 minutes every night, right? I think they might sit him out a few games. Similar to what the Bulls were doing. And then you know, even Miami did last time he was in Miami, where, you know, just some back-to-backs way didn't play. Um, but he's they're going to go to the playoffs and he's going to be, he's going to be getting ready for the playoffs and Dwayne Wade's going to take another shot. And I think it'd be very funny if they pl- end up playing the Cavs somehow, but um, I-, I think Dwayne Wade becomes ownable in standard leagues or at least streamable. If you know when he's going to be playing, if they're, if they're actually going to set him out. Yeah, I'm with you there. He gets hard to hold, especially in your 10 team leagues. Just in the sense that, okay, he gives you, like, top 80 value when he plays, but if he's only playing three out of every four games, like, it gets harder and harder to hold that player. Yeah, it's a little easier when you uh, are in a roto league. And you yeah, or any league with games limits, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, it gets a little bit easier, but yeah. I mean, l- look at their their small forwards. I mean, they have Derek Jones Jr. and Justice Winslow, who Justice Winslow has been playing some four this year. They've got Josh Richardson and Wayne Ellington playing shooting guard. Like you got to think that they're going to play a franchise icon over that cast of characters. Oh, definitely. And I mean, look what he did in Chicago in in, in thirty minutes a game. That was not that long ago. Uh, he was averaging eighteen points, four rebounds, close to four assists, and about a steal and a half a game. And and in limited minutes with the uh, with the Cavs. This year, close to steal a game, close to a block a game. It's a, he always gets that rare over half a block from a guard. Uh, about four rebounds, three assists. Like, you, you bump those minutes up, and uh, Dwayne Wade becomes instantly standing league relevant. Yeah, man. Let's talk about the three-way trade. And let's start with the Cleveland piece. Well, let's start with the Jazz. Let's start with who ended up on the Jazz. Um, Jay Crowder and former youngest MVP in the history of the league, Derrick Rose. Not for long, though. Not for long. And I'd like to uh, take this moment to remind everyone that um, there's a reason why. And I, you know, I might be actually writing an article on this. Um, this is conspiracy theory corner already. Early conspiracy theory corner. Derrick Rose is not going to suit up for the Utah Jazz, but the Utah Jazz are doing it out of respect for Jerry Sloan. If you recall, Tyler, the year Jerry Sloan retired, the day before Jerry Sloan retired, they played the Chicago Bulls and Derrick Rose roasted in Utah, destroyed single-handedly destroyed Darren Williams and the Utah Jazz. And Jerry Sloan looked around and saw that D D will his number one player on his team was completely obsolete and that he could not stand losing again to the Bulls for another generation. And he up and he quit the next day. So that is why Derrick Rose will never play for the Utah Jazz. I, my mind wandered a little bit, and I was thinking about that dude's Panther tattoo. Sorry. Tyler, how dare you ignore 
this very valid and very um, true conspiracy theory that I've been trying to start for the last seven well, years. My, my, my favorite thing, and then I'll read you a tweet from Mr. Mark Stein. Um, the Timberwolves will try to sign Derrick Rose if he clears waivers after his looming, looming release by Utah, according to league sources. You're damn right Tibbs is going to do it. Tibbs You're bringing damn the right. boys back. Tibbs, baby, running it back. Oh, and you know what? That Bulls-Timberwolves game is tomorrow. Man, if they could just have waved him a little earlier, we could have had Butler, Taj, Tibbs, and Derrick Rose coming back to the United Center on Friday. I will be in the building to give my respects. The pay only, pay and, and and we'll get to the fantasy part of this. Sure. And the thing One that worries these. me about very much about Derrick Rose, and maybe this is the capper to this discussion, is – I just don't know how much he really wants to play basketball anymore. And that's a hard thing to come back from in a league with a lot of young, hungry guys who want to get better. Oh, um, yeah. if, if you don't have a desire, even if you have the talent, like we've seen it before. It's Derek Rose is not the first person. Um, all those injuries. I mean, he's still, you know, kind of quick. He's still got some skill. But, oh, the dude know, can it, still play. Yeah, he really can. Like, uh, he, I, listen, Derrick Rose is better than Isaiah Thomas right now. But there are times I, where... I don't need people. I don't need people adding me on that one. Like, that is just a hundred percent true. But if he doesn't have the passion, he doesn't want to just. I don't know. Like after that many surgeries, after that many injuries, I don't know how you can. I get it. Actually, I don't get it because I'm not in that position. But like, all right, it's hard to get out of bed and do a job you hate. You know what I mean? It it, it always is, and. Um, so I would not be too interested in Derrick Rose in any league, I guess is my uh, point. Not at all. Zero percent. He's getting waived right now. So really it's, it's more of George Hill or no, excuse me, not George Hill. I already, I already forgot that George Hill was, um, on, uh, not on the jazz, uh, Joe Johnson, old Joe J who's also probably going to get bought out as well. He has already asked the Kings for his buyout, according to my sources. And but you know how the Kings like to play their old men. They are going to grant that request. The one that ground my gears, and I'm still hoping that a buyout comes at some point, is they kept Zach Randolph. And I wrote this trade prediction piece. I was telling Mike a little bit about it before the show um, last night. And it uh, ran this morning. And I said... You know, they should try to get anything they can for Zach Randolph. And because the reality situation is Zach Randolph shouldn't play. And some guy tweeted me this afternoon and said, but you know, if Zach Randolph is on the Kings, they're going to give him 25 to 30 minutes. And I said, you're right. Him and Jaeger are boys. Like like Zach Randolph is going to keep playing. Now, sure, Jaeger might be able to convince Randolph to take a rest one out of every four games. But when but Randolph is going to play big minutes anytime he's active, and that is a mistake for the Kings. Yeah, and that's going to hurt the fantasy value of all those guys on the Kings, uh, all those young guys, Scalabossier, Willie Colley-Stein. And I just don't think the Kings could have – I don't think there's one team. I mean, people were real stingy, and I have to give props to the Bulls getting a first-round pick out of Nico Miritich. Now, granted, they had to take on – uh, Amir Ashik's terrible contract, but um, the lead, no one in the league was moving anybody for any, any draft picks for anything. And to take on Zach Randolph, like, I bet you they got an offer, and I bet you the offer was the same as the Dwayne Wade offer second round pick, nothing else, 
screw off. And um, I bet you the Kings didn't do it. And so that was disappointing. Uh, I think Jay Crowder is the fantasy relevant one. I mean, we can talk about the Kings part of it if you want. Um, basically, from every everything I've heard, they they bought Shumpert, and and I wrote a piece way back before the season even started. Um, that talked about the Kings are going to be interested in Shumpert because the Kings like a Garrett Temple type. And that's very much what Amon Shumpert is. A guy who can defend. He can do a lot of little things that don't show up in the box score, making him terrible for fantasy. And basically, everybody says Shumpert's going to pick up his $11 million option next year. So they're going to have their Garrett Temple, even if Garrett Temple now declines his option in Amon Shumpert. Um, So the Kings are going to play Shumpert. And that's not exciting. Like, let's say they play Shumpert 28 minutes a game. He's not fantasy relevant. Oh, not even close. No. he's. I don't even know if he's deep league fantasy. He's like approaching. Like he's sort of deep league fantasy relevant. I, I think you're you're correct when you're saying like really out of that piece of the – out of all that trade right there, um, <clears throat> the only guy – the guy who moved – Who's the, probably the most interesting is is Jay Crowder on the Utah Jazz. Where do you think Jay Crowder fits in here? Is he gonna start playing a, more of a stretch four with Rudy Gobert, replacing Derek Favors in the lineup, or is he just a off the bench kind of energy guy? Well, that is a good question, and I think it's gonna somewhat depend on matchups. Um, I don't think the Jazz are in love with that Rudy Gobert combo. Uh, Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors combo. And I think especially against certain matchups, they're going to want Jay Crowder out there a lot more than Derek Favors. And then there's going to be other matchups where it's vice versa. So I I just – you got to think Crowder is going to get minutes on this roster though, right? I mean – I think so, but uh, you know, uh, I think he could fit well next to both of those guys. So, you know, they don't want to play Favors and Gobert together. It just doesn't kind of work. They're kind of in each other's way, and I think – uh, Jay Crowder can fit next to either one of them, uh, allowing him to continue to play, you know, 25, 28 minutes a game. But, you know, Jay Crowder's not having a very good year in, in that limited minutes. Now, granted, he was in this weird system where they didn't run plays and LeBron James just did LeBron stuff. Are you, are you seeing a, a rise out of Jay Crowder? Do you think he can sneak in? I mean, last year he was he snuck into the top 50. You know, like last couple, two years, he was in the top 50. Do you think he could sneak into the top 100 playing playing in this Utah system? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's possible. He's got to score the ball more, right? And he's got to get 32 minutes to do it. Um, That two years ago with that crazy steal rate, I mean, that, that really boosted his value. I mean, just look around, though, at the numbers last year, and you kind of go like, well, I mean, it's all – kind of good but it's one of those like more across the board valuable players than any one category and we talk about this a lot right if you don't get all those categories your value drops really fast because you're not outstanding in anything and so i guess i'm very much on the fence about jay crowder in the sense that he needs 32 minutes to be fantasy relevant and i don't know that he gets 32 minutes every single night yeah, that's the uh, gorgeous dang disease. Um, he's kind of good in every single category, like a little bit good in every single category, and maybe good in one category, 
And once any of that drops, so it's a very swift fall to the bottom. And I'm going to pay attention to this. I think Jay Crowder has potential to play 30 minutes a game in Utah. I'm not going to put my money on it. Like I'm taking, I'm picking up Larry Nance with my, uh, if he's out there, I'm picking up George Hill. If he's out there, I'm much more interested in those guys. I, you know what? I'm, I, I think there's minutes to go to Jay Crowder. So if it does swing right with him and I have a roster spot, or if I want to take a flyer on someone who does the things that Jay Crowder does, say maybe I'm in a more of a roto league. All right, go ahead and take a flyer right now. I think it's worth taking a chance with someone who's proven that he's done it before. If you ever want a good laugh, you guys should all go to ESPN and check out their depth charts. Specifically, I will read you the Utah Jazz center depth chart. Starting center for the Jazz, Derek Favors. Second string, Epe Udo. Third string, Tony Bradley. Fourth string, Rudy Gobert. Did they forget Rudy Gobert is, is came back? Did they forget that? Well... Derek Rose is on here. And oh, yeah. So is Jay Crowder. So, so someone updated it. So it was updated today, right? I mean, I, I, I don't follow. And Jonas Jerebko is the starting power forward. Jay Crowder is the backup. And Georges Niang is third string. I think someone's, I think someone's pulling, a, pulling something. I think there's someone's just a real funny, funny guy over at ESPN doing that. So, yeah, that's a, that's a hoot. that's that's amazing um i want to go right back to sacramento because i mean there's a lot of moving parts in this just this all the cleveland moves of this day uh you have george hill leaving is this just now deer and fox time 35 33 34 minutes a game deer and fox all day 100%. 100%. They are going to play two men as the de facto backup point guard until Frank Mason is healthy, which word is it's supposed to be after the All-Star break, but I'll caution everybody on that and say that they've already told us two timetables and he's not met either one. So don't hold your breath that he's back right after the All-Star break, I guess is my point. But Fox is going to play probably 32 to 35 minutes and then – as far as the reserve ball handling duties, they're going to give it to Garrett Temple and Bogdan Bogdanovich, um, which is good for Bogdanovich. We get to see some things from him that we've seen flashes of, but we haven't. He hasn't really been thrust into that role at any point, and I think he can kind of be really successful in that kind of backup ball handling, you know, do it all role. Yeah, it, it, I'm liking his odds. I'm liking the the bump that De'Aaron Fox is going to get here. Do you, if you had to pick up Bogdan or De'Aaron Fox rest of the year in a vacuum, which one of those guys are you picking up? Uh, give me Fox, just in the sense that I think he's going to do a little more fantasy relevant stuff. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is honestly probably their best player right now. As crazy as that sounds, um, it's not that crazy. It's the Kings, but. He's his minutes are very inconsistent in the sense that they have a lot of guys they can play. You know, they can play Justin Jackson, they can play Garrett Temple, they can play Buddy Heald, they can play Amon Shumpert. Um, and so there'll be nights where Jaeger gets his Dave Jaeger hat on and just what's, plays. What's the what's the Dave Jaeger hat look like? 
the Dave Yeager hat is where he does the dumbest thing possible. Like he just leaves Zach Randolph, Costa Kufis, and Jakar Sampson out there for like 24 minutes straight because he just forgets to make a sub, I think. He just gets all down and dirty in his Dave Yeager hat. You think he just kind of passes out briefly <laughs> on the sideline? Uh, every once in a while, I think he has one of those like old man moments where they just kind of forget where they're at. Like, God, where am I? Shit, I'm not sure. Are uh, you wor- uh, let's flip it over back to Utah though? With Rodney Hood gone there, are you worried that uh, that that Ricky Rubio resurgence was because Rodney Hood was back playing well, or do you think uh, you know R- Ricky Rubio is just streaky and he'll he'll be fine? I I I think. The exact opposite. I think, honestly, that they want the fact that they wanted to let Donovan Mitchell handle the ball, and they wanted to, they were willing to let Mitchell be the point guard and Hood be the shooting guard for extended run was hurting Rubio. I think now it's Mitchell and it's Rubio, and what else do they have in that backcourt? I mean, they're going to play Alec Burks, I'm sure. Yeah, he'll be around. That's what I mean. But they basically they, they're they're pulling an. Uh, in early 2000s Lakers front court there where they got three guys to play, and that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? The Lamar Odom, Andrew Bynum, where they just – Odom was the only bench player the Lakers played in that front court. I think they could do that with Burks, and that means Rubio's getting like 32 minutes a game, and we know Rubio can play, man. Yeah, all those people out there – and we've been saying this all year. Rubio has been playing like trash. We, we touted Rubio – all preseason, and he, he was playing like absolute trash all year. And we kept our advice was, you don't sell low. Like there's just nothing you can do about Ricky Rubio. You got to just leave him on your team and and just keep sucking this up because. And we've seen it before. You know, Rubio will have a good second half. And I'm I'm really thinking Rubio's gonna have. I don't know if he's gonna have a stellar second half, but he's gonna have a competent second half. That's for sure. And here's where the narrative street got a little bit wrong. Rubio's still giving you one and a half steals a game. True. Rubio's giving you the most points he's ever given you at 12 and a half. Also true. Which, which is still a, a, a little bit of a negative, right? But not that bad. He's still giving you 5.2 assists, which is what the average point guard pretty much gives you nowadays. I mean, other than your your real elite guys, your Westbrooks and, and those guys who are getting like nine a game. I mean, there's a lot of guys only getting like five assists a game. And he's giving you 4.3 rebounds. Like Rubio, for as trash as everyone wants to say that he played, he's actually still been kind of valuable. He He has not been – so like – Wherever you've drafted him, he has not been as valuable as you drafted him. But you're 100% right that like he's doing enough intangible things to stay relevant in any league that I think that you would be in other than, I guess, a Roto League. But even then, you're still getting some weird uh, stats from him, right? So if you're in a head-to-head league... And- yeah, sure. You drafted him pretty high, but now you're—he's just part of your bench rotation instead of your main player rotation. You weren't gonna—you shouldn't have dropped him. Everybody who dropped him, and we've been saying, don't drop this guy. Like the worst case scenario is he just keeps doing what he's doing, and the best case scenario is he finally gets out of this slump and comes back. That's what's happening. And 
Yes. Okay. The thing we, we, you and I both banked on was he was going to get a ton of assists because he's always gotten a ton of assists. Yeah. I will say this of qualified players by ESPN. So I'm not sure what all they're using for their qualified metrics. Ricky Rubio's 5.2 assist is tied for 24th in the NBA with Al Horford. Wow. That's what I mean. Like people keep telling me, like, oh, he's trashing assists. It's like, well, not really. Because, I mean, there's a lot of non point guards on this list. You got LeBron, you got Draymond Green, you've got Nikola Jokic, you got Kevin Durant, you got Demarcus Cousins, you got Al Horford. They're all ahead of him. Hmm. So you're looking just point guards? He's in the top 20 in assists. I'm surprised. And there's some guys you're probably not owning in many leagues ahead of him, like Jarrett Jack and J.J. Barea. Oh, yeah. You know, J.J. Barea is a great streamer. That's what I mean. So you take those guys out, like guys that are being owned and held, he's like in the top 17 in assists. So say what you want, but it's not been that bad for old Rick. And I think that in this, however many games are left for the Jazz, I think Rick's going to be pretty good, and he's going to get you some of that value back. So something to think about i agree if you have a uh, a stupid ricky rubio owner out there go ahead and trade for ricky rubio right now and if you were smart enough to hold on to him all year congratulations let's talk about the other 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 part of this trade the other team involved there's i mean this was a crazy i was like it took me a while like i had to you know research get a spreadsheet out to to figure out who where everybody went and whoever was uh traded today just from Cleveland, Isaiah Thomas, Channing Fry on the Lakers. What you got, uh, Nance and what's his face, Clarkson? <laughs> wow, I stro- stroked out on who the hell Clarkson. Uh, you had your Jordan Dave Yeager Clarkson. moment. There it was. Yeah, I just Dave Yeager right through Jordan Clarkson. Um, they're both off the team. Opening up. Basically, a spot for Isaiah Thomas to to slide into, with the with with um, Clarkson out. There's his role. Uh, Channing Fry could slip into the Larry, uh, Larry Nance Jr. role if they really wanted him to. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think this does mean you're going to see a little bit uh, more Julius Randle, more Cal Kuzma, um, I, and all the people kind of getting hyped on maybe Brooke Lopez is going to. Uh, Swing in and and finally play more minutes. I I, I think you're going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah, I don't know that I'd be banking on that. Although they did eliminate one piece of that kind of three four man rotation there and four man rotation with Randall Kuzma Lopez, and then obviously they eliminated Larry Nance. Now maybe Channing Fry gets some of those minutes. Um, you never know. I wouldn't super bet on that. And over the last three games, you have seen an uptick in uh, Brooke Lopez's usage and uh, minutes played. So, but I will will say this this is a trade the Lakers should have made at the beginning of the season. Because, what are the Lakers' two biggest deficiencies this season, Michael? Defense and offense? (laughs) Well, okay. They're they're not a good defensive team, but they They have no front court. But they were not going to fix that, okay? So their two biggest offense deficiencies is they can't shoot three-pointers and they can't make a free throw to save their life. Other than Jordan Clarkson, they have no one 
I mean, their next best free throw shooter is Contavious Caldwell Pope at 76%. Jordan Clarkson Oof. was shooting 80%. Everybody Oof. else is 71% or below. I'm surprised by that. So that is a terrible free throw shooting team. I mean, terrible. If you look at like their starting five, they're all bad. That may be historically terrible. So what is Isaiah Thomas good at? He can shoot threes, and he can make free throws. And I also think this may be a negative indictment on that Lonzo Ball injury, right? Because they really only have Thomas for the rest of this year. Um, now, obviously, they could re-sign him in the offseason. That's all possible. But I don't know that they make this trade if they think Lonzo Ball is healthy enough to play tomorrow. No, I think he's uh, Lonzo. I think Lonzo Ball will be back before the end of the season, right? But Isaiah Thomas's playing time is wide open now. He doesn't have to share the ball with LeBron. And that was when Isaiah Thomas was good. When he was hanging out in Boston, he was pounding the ball, running the plays, making the decisions, being guy who stands in corner and waits for LeBron to do something and waving your arms in the air. First off, is not fun. But second off, makes him so much less effective. But I've also seen Isaiah Thomas play and pound, try to pound the ball. And he just doesn't, he doesn't have that quickness that he had last year. I don't know if that's going to matter when you're on the Lakers. Cause like it's the Lakers. They're not trying to win any games here. It has to be an increase in value for Isaiah Thomas simply because he'll play more and he'll be able to actually orchestrate the offense instead of just wait for LeBron. But is it enough to make him standard league relevant? Oh, standardly relevant. I mean, I, you could argue he was standardly relevant with what he was doing in Cleveland. I, mean, could, I think you can make that argument. I, I don't know if I would make that argument. I and, I think there's a lot more people getting uh, getting better stats out, doing the exact same thing he was doing in Cleveland out on the waiver wire in a standard league. I don't know. I don't know that there's anybody getting you four and a half rebounds and 14 and a half points on the waiver wire. Isn't isn't that what Jordan Clarkson was doing? Jordan Clarkson was not getting you four and a half right. assists, though. That is true. You know what I mean? Like I, I just said the thing about Ricky Rubio's five point two assists being a lot better than you think. Right? Like not that many guys are getting a ton of assists this year. His four and a half in twenty seven minutes plus fourteen points is more valuable than most people think. Um, that being said, he was shooting a pretty trash 36% that was really holding his value back. If you think he gets anywhere near his, you know, 40, even 42% and he plays 30 minutes a night, that's like 18 points a game right there. And you got to figure he gets probably like five assists, probably like two and a half to three rebounds, probably pretty close to a steal a game. And you're slowly talking yourself into a top 50 player. You're really talking yourself into that top 50 player. I, I, you know, his game looks different. His speed looks different. His shot looks different. Um, he just doesn't look like the same player. And you can, you can talk me in, you can talk me into, and you have, you have talked me into, he's going to score more. He's going to usage more. I've talked already about how he's going to actually be the guy who pounds the ball and, and creates offense on this team. So his stats are going to go up. He's going to be a better player overall. As long as his shot comes back, 
then then yeah, he he could eventually be a top fifty player, I guess. But I I would not even I would not even venture that. Could he be a top hundred and twenty player, top one hundred player? Yeah, I think I think so. Well, and here's what I'll say. But I'm not this... trade. I'm not trading for him. I, I'd pick him up and take a flyer on him if someone dropped him. But I'm not. I'm not trading for him in a standard league. It, uh, there's a there's a situation I would trade for him in standard league, and it's one where we talk about this all the time. I'm on the outside looking in on the playoffs, and there's some real good teams ahead of me that I think are better than mine. Well, we've seen Isaiah Thomas be what I mean last year. Now, granted, he's had his hip surgery and a lot. A lot of things have happened, but we saw him be what a top twenty player. Uh, yeah, maybe even that's, higher. That's the kind of upside sometimes you got to shoot for when you're in seventh place and four teams make the playoffs and you're ten games back. Right? You need to shoot for the damn moon. Well, I mean, this is a guy we've seen do it in the past. So if I'm going to shoot for the moon, I'm going to shoot for on someone that I think could actually do it, and this is a guy who might actually be able to do it. That is a very good – I think that's a very good argument. Um, as long as he can get a shot back, I mean, like, he's he's had – Well, only he's only had 15 games. He hasn't had – you know, that was not a ton of time. Um, once he gets his rhythm back, yeah, sign me up. But, man, it's just something looks a little bit a little bit different in him. And, and uh, I'm, with, I'm with you, but here's what I'll say, right? Like – you know, progressions from, especially from injuries, they're not always linear in the sense that like, okay, Isaiah got a little bit better today and a little bit better today and a little bit better today, right? He might just find his shot and boom, be good at any point. That's true. Um, would you rather if take a flyer on Isaiah Thomas or George Hill? Uh well, that, that's a that's a real good question. I think that's upside against safety. Yeah, I feel pretty probably yeah, pretty good for the rest of the year. I feel pretty safe about George Hill being something. Isaiah Thomas. I mean, we talked about those numbers being all right, but that field goal percentage was actively hurting you. Um, and if you don't care about that, great. Now, if you're saying in a vacuum, if you're telling me I've got to say one of these two players has which one of these two players has more value for the rest of the season. Um, I'd bet on Isaiah Thomas. I think it's the, it's the risk versus Like you're saying risk reward. If you need to take a swing, go after Isaiah. If you are sitting pretty well headed into the playoffs, you know, I think I'm going to stay with George Hill. I think it's pretty much a toss up and uh, George Hill. I just, I, you know, George Hill is going to be night in, night out. Is going to be what he is. If that fits your build, to me, that's good enough. I'm with you there. Any bumps from the front court in LA at all? Anyone um, you're interested in? Uh, I think Kuzma's slowly turning into a pumpkin. Yeah, that's sad. I, I honestly think Brook Lopez is going to be better. I, I don't know what that means. Really, I would take I mean, a I would take a flyer on Brook Lopez right now if he's you're seeing him play 28 minutes, 29 minutes. You're like, well, you know what? He's still Brook Lopez. It's one of those. Hey, there. You we've seen him do it before. Similar to Isaiah, we've seen him do it before. He's got a higher higher ceiling than everybody else. Uh, you know, I need something to happen on my on my squad. Let's let's go out and pick him up. Yeah, and you know, then you got Joyce Randall who's. Okay, and 
You know what I mean? I, I'm not super ex- enthused about any of these Lakers front court options, if I'm being 100% honest. That is fair. Let's go to the next. Well, you know what? I'm interested in to th- ask you, what was the next most fantasy significant trade that happened today? Oh, well, I think that's a pretty easy one. I, uh, I think it's the most surprising one, too. Yeah, it's the magic just totally punning on Alfred Payton, just telling him go away. The Miami Heat got more for Dwayne Wade than than the magic got for Alfred Payton. How does that make any sense? Well, I don't know. In, in this paper you sent me, which is very funny, from some man on Twitter who maybe you have the name of, um, it says that the Heat got Dwayne Wade and the Cavaliers got a, quote, fake second-round pick. So I'm assuming that that was, like, one of those heavily protected ones where it's, like, it only comes about if it's, like, 57 to 60 in two years, and then it's just nothing. Shout-out to J.A. Dubbin for putting this spreadsheet together. Yeah, yeah, Dubbin. You uh, you saved me a lot of time today. I appreciate it. Whereas you got to figure that Sun second round pick this year is pretty close to the top, right? Yeah, that's like what going to be the thirty second pick. Yeah, so thirty uh, first pick. Like, who knows? So, I mean, there and there is some value in that. Um, there's a couple of guys, and, and I won't talk too much about the draft, but um, it's it's likely to be an, an overseas kind of player that not many people are worried about or uh, under the radar type. There's a guy plays for like Southwest Missouri state, Elise Johnson, who's getting some hype now. This um, is a super the- deep draft. Like I, I think you, you, there's a decent chance of a, a couple second rounders end up being decent. Ba- I mean, every year, a couple second rounders end up being decent basketball players, NBA players. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. So, I mean, this pick's worth something. I won't say a lot, but something. Um, so I think but not this Alfred makes... Payton, I don't think. I mean, if we're going to be... No, not honored. Alfred Payton level. No, definitely not. Um, I think this immediately makes DJ Augustine incredibly valuable. Uh, the question is, Tyler, how, how valuable is DJ Augustine playing 30-plus minutes a night? Oof. Well, and this is the thing about this particular trade is you'd think that the Magic would move a guy like Alfred Payton to play a young point guard because they're not going anywhere. But they don't really have anybody. So the last time we saw DJ Augustine play 30 minutes a night for 61 games, that stat line looked pretty good. But that was, a, that was a few moons ago, and DJ Augustine's 30 years old now. And so what to expect from DJ Augustine? Um, a bad field goal percentage. So if you care about that, you might want to not pick up DJ Augustine. I think he's going to give you somewhere in the neighborhood of two three-pointers a game if he plays 30 minutes. I think he's going to give you somewhere in the neighborhood of five assists and two rebounds and a steal. And, I mean, 12 to 13, maybe 14 points a game. Sounds pretty relevant to me. I definitely think he is standard league relevant playing that much. I think you should, everyone should go pick him up as well. But, you know, let's say you, you got a hierarchy of, of players sitting on your waiver wire in a standard league and 
you got George Hill out there and you got DJ Augustine out there. You got Isaiah Thomas out there. You know, which one of these, I, we, we just talked about that risk reward type of thing. Um, I'd probably put DJ under, right under that tier, under the George Hill tier. Uh, I'm with you there. I mean, I think I'd rather have those two players. Um, but if you're kind of in the dumpster diving bin and the not so much name recognition bin, DJ Augustine's probably your man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd, I think I'd rather take a chance on DJ Augustine just simply because of the playing time factor over Jordan Clarkson. Oh, I'm with you there, right? You know, you're pretty sure DJ Augustine is going to get 30 minutes unless they're going to give it to Shelvin Mack. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing they're not going to, but you never you never know. But uh, my money is not on Shelvin Mack by any means. I, uh, I'm i also, you know, I'm curious if De'Aaron Fox is available. That's kind of another one of those... You know, DJ Augustine's going to be very consistent, very standard, and, and De'Aaron Fox is going this. to go up and down. He's a rookie. Augustine played 35 minutes tonight, scored 18 points, nine rebounds, or yeah, nine assists, three rebounds, two steals. That's and nice. And he shot 35%. But six of six from the free throw line, two three mm-hmm. pointers. So hey. that's, that's, I mean, I don't expect that many assists or points each game, but that's probably a pretty typical stat line otherwise but you're probably looking at more like five or six assists and like 13 or 14 points go out there and pick uh go out there and pick up dj augustine right now the thing i'll say about if you're if you're comparing him to De'Aaron fox why i'd rather have fox is not only just the upside but fox it's going to play 35 minutes every night. I could see the magic because Augustine's an older guy. If Shelvin Mack comes off the bench and hits three three-pointers and is looking good, I could see them just kind of sticking with Mack for a night, letting him be have the 30 minutes and Augustine playing like 22. I mean, just like riding yeah. a hot hand. Whereas I doubt the Kings are going to do that. They're just going to let De'Aaron Fox yeah, do De'Aaron Fox. That's a pretty good point. I think you, you're going to get more up and downs with Fox, but they, he's they're just going to keep throwing him out there. Um, I don't think you can go wrong either way with either one of those guys. It just depends on what your your build is, what your mold is, and so go check out their stats. And uh, I mean, you pick either one of them, pick both of them up if you can. Who cares? Uh, but both of those guys should be owned in standard leagues. Fox, actually, a lot of like a lot of guys. Fox, Isaiah, Hill. DM. A lot of point guards. A DJ lot of Augustine. A lot, a lot of point guards. Which point is guard kind of, that's kind of my point with the, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff is out there on the waiver wire. Chances are, like, two out of those four guys are on your waiver wire. At least one of them's out there. So it's like, yeah, I need that, but I have well, I that. think It's on the waiver wire. I think Augustine was available in any league right i mean yeah and george Cho was available in a few i think but i i mean augustine no one was owning so uh that one's obviously out there i think that isaiah thomas was pretty owned um, fox uh it's probably a hit or miss probably a little bit more than the other two oh uh, and then fox has that rookie kind of hype behind him that yeah he's got the name. let's swing over to the sun side of this trade uh alfred payton Basically gets pushed right into the 
point guard role. And um, another one where I can't imagine they're not going to play him a ton. We've talked about this a lot. Yeah. And, and you even you even mentioned to me, oh, they've got to play Tyler Ulis now. And what did I say to you, Mike? Why in the world would anyone play Tyler Ulis? I said to you, they're going to find anybody. They're going to find someone off the street if they can. They've done it with Isaiah Cannon to play over Tyler Ulis. Job done. And they found they've, someone. They've done more than that. They found a guy who is capable of, of being an insanely interesting and good fantasy point guard um, who can give you good rebounds, gives you great assists, really good steals, um, is a very good percentage shooter, only takes you know easy shots. Uh, obviously, bad free throw shooter, but like to me, Alfred Payton is going to play like 32, 33 minutes a game, and he's going to score, you know, a decent amount, and he's going to do his assist rebound thing. He's going to have people to actually pass to. I mean, this he's going to get a huge bump in 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 his value. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. I still cannot believe we talked about this a little bit before in the pre-show. I, this was the most surprising trade to me. Why would you give away a 23-year-old point guard when you're a rebuilding team who's shown some promise for absolutely, I mean, just a second-round pick that you, could be anything, could be you absolutely nothing? Cannot, I mean, you cannot convince me. And now we, we did say it's you know, probably the 31st, 32nd pick, but uh, I don't know. You cannot convince me that, like, what pick was, was this was his value, right? That's that's my point. You picked Alfred Payton with the tenth pick four years ago, three years ago, three drafts ago. You know what I mean? How how the hell are you gonna the thirty this thirty second pick? Why do you think he's gonna be any better? Thirty first pick, whatever the hell the number is, doesn't matter. He's definitely not gonna be better. So there has to be some other motivation. And you know, obviously the the number one most obvious motivation is this is the Almost aggressively stupid tank move. Well, and you know they they could be worried about paying him. I mean that's a sure, thing. but like, all right, I get it. Like his contract is coming up, they are going to have to. But they got um, him next year for four and a half yeah. million. I, I think the thing more of it so than any of it. Well, they're gonna have to well, give him a qualifying offer, and like next year, no one's spending any money on anyone. So it's like. You could have probably got Alfred Payton just sat around and waited for someone to send him and then match. Like, send him a mediocre offer and then matched him. Yeah, but, I mean, I think the thing more about this than anything was the Magic decided, I think a long time ago, that Alfred Payton was not really their point guard. I think they did too, and I, you know, I just think you know, a couple years into their experiment, where they really didn't even have a team two years ago. They didn't have a team last year. They didn't have a coach uh, two years ago that was worth a damn. They didn't have a coach. Uh, well, they have the same coach that they did last year, but he didn't know. I don't know what, what he was told to do because he, he looks completely different this year. But I like there's just been no consistency there with the coaching, the front office, or the players around Alfred Payton and Alfred Payton has shown like flashes of interesting NBA style play. I mean, sure. He's, he can't shoot like Steph Curry, but the guy's improved every single year and he's 24 years old. You're not going to get a great, no one's going to put a, a max offer in for him next year. Why not match 
give him a decent contract. And if he's not part of your future after that, move him for a real asset, not a second round pick at the end of the trade deadline. Yeah, no. Um, we, we've seen Orlando make some bad moves in the past, and I think this is just another one in that long line of. Yeah, I mean they uh, owe Bismack Biombo seventeen million dollars next year. Um, yeah, they owe, they owe Terrence Ross ten and a half million. Shit, DJ Augusty is getting paid for the next two years at seven point two million. So, and then they got they got to sign Aaron Gordon, who you know is someone dumb enough to send a max contract to Aaron Gordon, probably. Probably someone is. Well, and here's why I think maybe Aaron Gordon gets that max contract and, and why some experts were saying that they would trade Gordon at the deadline is he's the type of player every team wants now. Big dude, can shoot threes, switch on almost any player on the court. You know what I mean? He's the, the analytic front office's dream. Sure. And he, he had a great start to this season. It looked like he was making the leap, and uh, some injuries have derailed that. But, like, the guy looks like he's going to be uh, – probably would have been an all-star in this trash East, especially with, like, five injuries on that uh, on that all-star team. Um, he would have been an all-star this year if he would have been healthy all year. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, the Magic, obviously, they're not winning, so they, they've got to chop and change things a little bit, but – just to to give Alfred Payton away for a second round pick and not even have anyone to play that's young didn't it just I'm still baffled by this I I've been trying to wrap my head around it since I, I saw the deal at I don't know what time this afternoon you know what I mean and I still I mean really it was late it was like that. you know it was like ten fifteen minutes before the the deadline at the three p.m. Eastern time so. Yeah, this is a weird one, but like, hey, this is a good bump for everybody in fantasy. DJ Augustine, available. Go pick him up. Alfred Payton, uh, a bump in his value. So if someone is stupid enough to trade him, you know, go ahead, go ahead and see if you can sneak him sneak him away for someone for his current value because his value is, I, I think, definitely going to go up. And, you know, hopefully that makes a couple of the guys, or, you know, Devin Booker, TJ Warren, a little bit better with a guy who can distribute like Alfred Payton. That would be interesting. I'm not sure anything else, you know, Alec, we still haven't seen Alex Lynn really jump into a 30 minute role. So it's like, still don't know what's going on over there. I keep telling you, man, that's, that's not going to happen, man. Never going to happen. It's a fallacy, man. Yeah, that's never going to happen. You're they right. Just don't want that. Uh, they just, they we just, talked yeah. the other main trades that were important, the, obviously the Blake Griffin and Nico Miritich ones. We've talked about those in previous podcasts. Go listen to those podcasts. We're going to lightning round. Um, the rest of these picks. And it's going to be real quick. I, I know you've been dying to talk about Luke Babbitt and Ocario White. Uh, Luke Babbitt played for the Heat before. Luke Babbitt is a real good three-point shooter. That's all I'll say about Luke Babbitt. All right. Doesn't matter. Do yeah. Moving on. James Ennis is in Bryce Johnson. James Ennis is going to the Pistons. Bryce Johnson to the Grizzlies. Do you care? Bryce Johnson? Uh, Bryce Johnson, the only person traded twice at this trade deadline, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, congratulations, Bryce Johnson. No Vonley to the Bulls. Yo. Here's what I'll say about the, the – t- Actually, I, I lied to you. Willie Reed was also traded twice. The Bulls traded for Willie Reed today. 
Oh, that's uh, right. You know, that, that happened I, late in the day, too. I think both Jameer Nelson and James Ennis play some minutes on that Pistons bench. So if you're in a deep enough league where pretty much anybody with a pulse is worth owning, yeah, there's there's two guys. I actually was kind of interested in Jameer Nelson playing for the Bulls. I, I thought he would be able to play like 15, 16 minutes, but um, yeah, he's out, he's out to Detroit, and um, he, you know what? He'll probably see some 15, 16, maybe even more minutes there. Yeah, and there are nights where you could see him you know, probably get hot and, and take the minutes from Ish Smith. I don't think that the Pistons are in love with Ish Smith. And so until Reggie Jackson comes back, I mean, there are nights where I think you could see him getting the lion's share of those minutes. Um, I wouldn't count on that being an, I think that happens all the time, but I think it will happen some. All right, here come the, the barn burners, Tyler. Malachi Richardson for Bruno Cabocla. Cabocolo? Cabocola? How do you Bruno say that? Bruno I believe. Cabocolo. I, I forgot Bruno Caboclo was a person. So he's still supposed to be one year away, right? But he's not going to be anything ever. He's so two don't... years away from being two years away. But that was like three years ago. So That was four years ago. To... <laughs> oh, was, was it? it three okay. years ago? I think it was three. I think it was four years ago. It might have been three years ago. So this right now is his time. And um, he is now on the Kings. And Malachi Richardson is on the Raptors. These don't matter. Neither uh, Dante Cunningham, Richard Vaughn. Cunning, I wouldn't be surprised if both those guys got a few minutes. Yeah, those could be the deep, Pelicans deeply. have no bench, yep. so they could be trying to chop and change, put anybody in there. And Dante Cunningham is terrible for fantasy, even if he gets 30 minutes, but can do a job. Yeah, he's a, he's a body you can throw at on your 30-league, 30 30-team, 30 30-person 30 team freaking league that – Quite frankly, I don't know. I get some people like people like different things. I get it, but I'm not sure why those. Uh, I don't know, see the fun in those. Um, so all right, we got I did, two left that might actually make some difference. Some that point. is true. Well, there's two left. I only I only have one left on my list. Well, it, does Noah the Bulls play Noah Vonley? That's the question. You're the Bulls man. I'll ask you. Do the Bulls play Noah Vonley? I think yes, they do. How how much are they going to play him? 10 to 15 minutes. I don't think you're going to see a lot out of him. I think they're going to run Portis a lot. Um, Lopez so, is still going to play a bit. I think they're going to give him a test run, and if something good happens during that test run, he might start seeing more minutes. So this is what I'll say about Noah Vonley. In a deeper league, Noah Vonley is streamable for rebounds and to not hurt your percentages. Noah Vonley in 14 minutes a game this year is getting 5.1 rebounds. The dude can get on the glass and gobble him up. So if the, even the Bulls are going to give him 20 minutes, I mean, he's a rebound streamer in maybe even 12 team leagues in 20 minutes. As crazy as that seems. He's, that's all he's going to do, though. That's it. He's just going to rebound the ball. So and that might be interesting to you. And that's fine. Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, dude, on a Sunday, if – they say Bobby Portis is out, and you figure Vonley is going to get twenty five minutes, and you're yeah. down by you're down by six rebounds. Uh, there's not too many guys other than like Tyson Chandler that I would take over Noah Vonley. That is true. Um, so yeah, I guess if you're in a deeper league, maybe that is a good pickup. Anyway, just get them rebounds. Uh, streamers, pay attention. This is the final trade of the day, and it is a three way trade. 
the Mavericks received Mr. Doug the Thug McDermott from the Knicks. Knicks Probably get, plays one of the another one of those guys who he could get thirty five minutes and end fantasy. I'd be like, no, nah, no, thanks, Dougie. You just, yeah, you just don't even do anything. Uh, so you know, just just throwing out there, um, making just making that trade that the Bulls made. Cameron Payne is actually going to play this year on a Bulls roster, on a real Bulls roster, not the Windy City Bulls, the actual Chicago Bulls. Uh, Doug McDermott just falling around to all these other teams. Uh, we could have had Gary Harrison and Nurkic, but no. Nope. No. Um, the Knicks get, or the Nuggets get, Devin Harrison, a second-round pick. Kind of interesting. The Knicks kind get... Of? Kind, kind of, of interesting. interesting. I'm not, you know, kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. Are you, real, are you real excited about Devin Harris? I, I was going to say, I don't know that it's any interesting. I mean, okay, is Devin Harris the backup point guard there behind Jamal Murray? Like, like probably. I guess. Like, I mean, good news for Jamal Murray, but Emmanuel Moutier but, wasn't really playing anyway. But, but Emmanuel Moutier has gone to the Knicks. And here's the thing I'll say about Devin Harris, okay? He's been playing right around 20 minutes for the last five seasons for the Mavs. And what does he do in fantasy that gets you going, yeah, give me Devin Harris. Like, for the last three years, he's gotten you right about two rebounds and two assists a game. Like, Devin Harris, to me, there's no there's no fantasy league I want this 34-year-old man in. He's a, like, he's a body. They put him out on the court. And he's there. He can like. Apparently, he just doesn't like f- fall down and break his leg when he, they put him out there. Like, yeah, that guy's good enough. Like, I'm surprised like they even play him. Like, why? Why is he getting 18? How is he getting 18 minutes a night? Like, I don't think I've seen Devin Harris play in two years. How in the world is he getting 18 minutes a night? So there's one potentially fantasy relevant person in this trade to me, and that's Emmanuel Mudiay. Now, what the heck do the Knicks do with that point guard situation? What is going to happen there? Yeah, that to me is very interesting. I would like to see Emmanuel Moutier get another shot at playing 30-some minutes a game. Uh, the dude still can't shoot, but um, he does do some interesting things. Rebounds, assists, steals. Uh, it, it could get interesting. But what does that mean for Frank? And what does that mean for, I guess, the rest of this New York squad with with this Emmanuel Moutier now sitting in there being, I mean, does he take all of Trey Burke's minutes? Like, probably. I would hope so. Dude, this roster is now one of the weirdest rosters. It is, it is such, mm. such trash. And we, we, we talked about this with the Chris Stapps injury in a previous podcast, and, and Michael Beasley was our number they have one pick. No wings. Go, go pick up Michael Beasley, everybody. And yeah, of course, he had a good night tonight. They have no wings other than Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway. They have two wings. That's it. Yeah. So they're going to have to play some two-point guard looks. They're going to have to, right? Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway can't play 48 minutes a night. Peace. So they're going to have to Yeah, there's going to have to be Frank and Moutier out there at the same time. It's going to have to happen. The question is, do they just drop Jared Jack? I mean, Jared Jack's played well this year. They didn't trade him, which I kind of thought they might since they've committed to rebuilding, as they say. But, you know what I mean? Like, why, why play Jared Jack anymore? I could see him play Moody A. Frank, Trey Burke, which we talked about this 
yesterday how he's somehow one of their young players now, even though they just picked him up off the scrap heap. Yeah. Uh, Ron Ron Baker had his surgery yesterday, so he's out for the season. You know what I mean? They don't really have anyone to play. I could see Moutier getting some minutes. The question about him and, and Frank playing together is, can either one of them shoot? Yeah, like what what does that look like? You know what it looks like? It's like a worse version of Rondo and Wade play, playing together. Well, I think you know what it'll look like. It'll look like Michael Beasley hero ball. Yeah, you know which mean? is Michael great Beasley for just... everybody who went on and picked up Michael Beasley when we told you to. But like Michael are... Beasley is just going to chuck all day, every day. But I mean, the the Knicks got a second round pick in this trade. I, I actually think it was a really smart move by the Knicks. Um, Mr. Perry there, who who helped the Kings, I think this off season in their drafting, and I think they've made some some wise moves. I think this guy's just a real good executive, and I think they made a wise move. Not not one that's sexy, but they got a twenty one year old kid and a second round pick for basically nothing. Yeah, great move. Like. Who knows what happens? Like maybe this kid figures it out. He's super utterly raw. He's very very young. Like why not? Like it's 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 better than doing the Peyton for a second round pick thing. The reverse of that, you know. Well, and here's what I'll say. the The word on the street is he can't shoot, and I still don't know that he can. But he finally got over forty percent with his field goal. Yeah, and he, he, he's he's shooting thirty seven percent from three pointer. Granted, it's only on 102 attempts. But like, there it is. Above, that's above league average on 102 attempts. And in the limited minutes, I've seen him, and I haven't seen him a ton this year, obviously, but it does look like he's reading the pick and roll a lot better. And really, that's all you need to continue to tank if you're the if you're the Knicks. But, like, the guy has some flashes. He's a big body. He is athletic, like, really young. Well, and why and not? Say, why not take a chance? I'll say this too: there will be first-round picks in the 2018 NBA draft that are older than Emmanuel Mudiay. Yeah, I'm I'm almost positive Grayson Allen from Duke, who may very well it's be 30, a first-round pick. I think he's 34. Pick. I think he's 34 he, years old. He is already 22, and Mudiay is only 21. There you go. So he is a, over a year older than Emmanuel Mudiay. So and my I'm point sure being is, don't don't write this kid off though. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not. If I'm in a deep league, I'm picking him up. If I'm in a deep league, I'm picking a, a Moutier up. And if you're in a dynasty league, right, and he's on the scrap heap, and it's one of those ones where you can keep your whole roster, and there's like quite a few players, I might pick this dude up and and just hey man, see what happens. You never know. You never know. Who knows? See what happens. Um, that is all the trades for today. Uh, I do want to throw out a real quick, Hey, everybody pay attention. Um, the Cavs are playing Atlanta on Friday and none of those guys that they traded will be playing on, uh, on that game. I'm pretty sure. So they've signed a couple two way players, uh, London Perantes and John Holland guys. I never even heard of. Uh, so if you're in super deep leagues, those guys are probably worth a stream. But on the flip side of that, you're talking about Kyle Korver. You got uh, Jeff Green, J.R. Smith, Jose Calderon. 
City Osman. Those guys are going to play a lot more minutes than they normally do. So uh, Cleveland Cavaliers are probably a pretty good team to stream on Friday uh, if you're desperate for some of those guys who can produce because they are going to play a lot more minutes than they usually do. And and shout out to Altman, man. He 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 remade the team in one day. And on the I felt like on the fly, and I think did enough to set it up to where like, hey, LeBron, we we did everything we could for you, LeBron. We gave you a team you could contend with, and we kept it on to that Brooklyn pick in case LeBron goes away. And when LeBron goes away, they're going to be in cap hell forever. But they can blame it all on LeBron. And now LeBron's the, is the scapegoat again. I feel like it's just been going back and forth all year. Who's the scapegoat, LeBron or the or Dan Gilbert? And um, I, for one thing, Dan Gilbert had nothing to do with anything with this damn trade, obviously, because that guy doesn't know what he's doing, and he's trying to sell the team. I don't know. I I don't know though. I don't know that they'll be that bad of a cap situation in the sense that if LeBron leaves, I think they can dump, they can trade away Kevin Love. Someone will take Kevin Love. But, they, they might, might be able to figure something out. They might be able to figure yeah. something out with the Kevin Love. They draft somebody with that Brooklyn pick, but uh, George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, Larry, those are those are rough contracts. They're not terrible, but they're not, all together. They're not great with uh, you know Tristan Thompson's in there too. Well, and the Tristan Thompson one's just bad. The, the George Hill one, okay, he, they got him next year for twenty million. Yeah, but or actually like nineteen million. I lied. But the the third year is only one million dollar guaranteed, so they can buy that out. And they basically have one year of George Hill at nineteen million, which I mean isn't good, but at the same time, like George Hill's not gonna kill you. George Hill can still play. And at the trade deadline next year, if they're stinking, don't you think someone will buy George Hill? Like I wrote this in the King's prediction piece I told you about earlier that I said that George Hill's going to get traded because George Hill's too talented for a contender not to want him. That's true. The same thing will happen next year for the Cavs. Some contender at this point next season will go, hmm. yeah, shit, we can buy George Hill out for $1 million. We'll take him. Yeah, why not? And, and I think that goes uh, for uh, Jordan Clarkson probably as well. You know, there's like a couple of those guys do have some value. It's, it's that – that brutal, brutal, seventeen million from Tristan Thompson and fourteen million from J.R. Smith, and hell, even Kyle Kuzma is making seven and a half. Those ones are bad, and and that was some of LeBron's doing. But I mean, oh, that was a lot of LeBron's doing. And they put both those players for two more years too. J.R. and Tristan Thompson both have two more years left after this year. Um, and I can't see any team really taking those unless they're gonna. Attach some significant assets to it. Nah, me, me neither. But I will tell you this: I am, uh, for the first time this year, excited to watch the Cavs play. So that will be interesting to see this team uh, try to put it together to make a playoff run. Oh yeah. You know, uh, Tyler, the NBA is the best. Today was way more entertaining than the Super Bowl. Way more entertaining. I mean. I just, I just hope the NBA never changes, stays petty, is continues to get crazier and crazier. Like the NBA is the best; it's the best sport. Stay real, San Diego. Stay real. I think that's it for tonight. Uh, you can check out Tyler on Twitter at Watsy four 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 four. He writes 
for hashtag basketball. He does a great fantasy weekly uh, article preparing you for your head to head week. And you can find me at watch the boxes. Feel free to tweet at either one of us. If you have feedback for the show, questions that you want answered, uh, help with your team, whatever. We like to interact with the fans. Uh, today was a busy day. So there was a, a lot of, a lot of good tweets out there. And uh, if you like what we're doing, please help us out. Rate, review the show, tell a friend, tell somebody in your league, or if you like playing daily fantasy and you want to help out the show, use the promo code boxes. When you go to draft.com and sign up today, uh, you will get a free first game after you sign up using that promo code boxes. Tyler, you got anything else? Shout out to magic Johnson's utter, utter confidence. Wow. I did not see that coming. Um, so respect to magic Johnson. And I think that's it. We will catch you guys for a um, possibly less hectic, but you know, the buyouts are coming, but um, a less hectic next week. Uh, Go Bulls.